0: hello everybody and welcome to sip the tea um today we're going to talk about infertility again um as many as you guys know i am someone that is going through infertility issues um secondary infertility issues at that um my husband and i we've been together for four years now and in the four years that we've been together we've lost a total of five babies um i am a mother of four i had my four kids at a young age with my ex and my husband have no children so i assumed it was him right because a man that is 32 with no children uh and a woman who has four, you would automatically assume that it would be the husband. But in reality, um, with all the tests that came back, it is me. So let's talk about it shall we <laughs> um about a year ago I decided to get tested um because the doctor told us that we would have to go through in vitro um uh, for the best possible um scenario for us to get pregnant so for us to have a good chance of getting pregnant we, in vitro was the way to go um did a bunch of tests um they confirmed that i had pcos which was my first time of ever hearing about this i was like what is a pcos like i've never heard of it but once they told me what it was um i've always had issues with this on my left ovary um i would always get a lot of pain from it um a lot of times um I would know when the cysts would erupt because the pain is unbearable. And if you ever had that happen to you, then you will understand 100%. Um, also, my flow of my period has always been uh, crazy. Sometimes I would miss my period. Some days, um, my period, some months my period would just be nonstop. It, it was just all over the place. So once I was diagnosed... Um, I understood why I was the way I was. Um, And a lot of people that's been around me will tell you, you know, when it comes to my weight, this has been absolutely the biggest that I've ever been in my entire life. And it's like. What do I do? Like, I try my best to do diets. Um, I'll walk. I'll try to exercise. And still, nothing. Still can't lose any weight. Um, I'll lose maybe about five, five to eight pounds. And then it seems as if, you know, I'll just gain it right back. It's like nothing helps. So once my doctor explained the diagnosis to me um it worked out everything just seemed like okay well now what do we do what do i have to do to fix it come to find out i couldn't do anything it's not a magic pill to fix it um it is what it is um and if you guys are interested in getting tested, I do suggest you to talk to your OBGYN. And if they're not listening to your concerns, then you need to find a new one. Um, the test is very simple. Um, I did... Um, receive a transvaginal ultrasound which just basically means there's an instrument that they use to go up in your vagina and they look around and you know all that good stuff you know the fun stuff that we get to experience as women um so that was taken care of. Blood work was done. All of that good stuff. And we came back with that. Also, I was diagnosed with having premenopause. Um, so that was another thing. And I'm like, I'm in my 30s. This is impossible, but come to find out it can be genetic. So if you have a grandparent or a mother that went through menopause at an early age, there's a chance that you will as well. So that explained my hair because I've been constantly telling you know my doctor there's something wrong with me my hair used to be thicker than this I used to you know be able to do this and that with my hair and I feel as though my hair is thinning and it's not thinning to the point where there's bald spots or anything like that but it's not as thick as it used to be and once I was diagnosed with what I was diagnosed with then Everything made sense and I didn't feel crazy anymore because I was voicing my concerns to old doctors and my old OBGYNs and everyone just treated me as if I was crazy. And, you know, I'm not going to go on the race thing today, but honestly, that is One of the biggest problems for African-American women in the medical industry for the simple fact we're not taken serious. No one takes us serious, you know, and it's proven and it's been taught, you know, we're hysterical and all this other thing. But no. I have real concerns. I may be a dramatic person, okay? That's just me. But (laughs) in reality, these were my concerns. And in reality, these were my issues. And as my primary care physician or as my OBGYN, it is your job to listen to me and to find out the reason why I'm feeling what I'm feeling and stop telling me, Oh, well, drink more water. I am drinking water. I am walking. I am doing this. I am doing that. And I'm not able to lose weight. There is a problem. So telling me that I'm just imagining things and I'm overeating. That was never the case. I've always, my eating habits have never changed. I've always been this kind of person. During the summertime, I barely eat I'll eat maybe twice a day if that and my first meal is always light um I've never liked the summertime it just makes me sick to my stomach with the heat um so me eating has just it's it's just zero to none when it comes to the winter time um I like to eat hearty meals. Like, I am a true country girl. I like my llama beans and dumplings, you know? So, that's me. Now, if I'm going through something, you know, that's stressful, I am an emotional eater. But it's never been to the point where I've weighed what I weigh now. So, I was bringing these concerns to my doctors. And they was just, like, literally giving me the blank face. Like, you're good. There's nothing wrong with you. Stop being dramatic. So, I'm glad that I changed my doctors and I'm glad that they actually listened to me and they came up with a plan to help me. So with that being said, what do they do? So metformin is... Uphill that is used for ladies who have PCOS and that is trying to lose weight. Um, a lot of ladies who are going through fertility treatments will use it. So I tried it and it did not work for me personally because I did not give it a chance to work, it made me so sick. Um I couldn't do it. Um, I know a lot of people say, hold on to it, try, because a a lot of women will complain that, you know, it makes them feel sick. Um, so I personally could not do it. Um, another remedy for PCOS is birth control. And to me, that's the craziest thing. I'm trying to get pregnant, but you're going to tell me to get on birth control. So Birth control is an option, but I have high blood pressure, so my birth control is, like, limited. I feel like every time I walk down a path, there's a block somewhere. Like, it's just like, oh, stop. So birth control was not an option for me just because of me um, having high blood pressure and the birth control that I would like to take. I could not because the risk of me having a stroke was extremely high. Um, Some of my favorite birth controls are the NuvaRing. Honestly, that's my favorite. Um, You just stick it up in you, you forget all about it, you take it out in a week, and boom, there you go. Um, Depo, I definitely did not want that for the simple effect. Yes, a shot once every three months. Um, I did get pregnant off of it, (laughs) so it probably would have been good, but when I was younger and I was taking Depo, I did gain weight. I didn't gain a lot, but I did gain some weight. And because I'm trying to lose weight, I don't need another product that is working against what I'm trying to do. So that was out of the question. And the pills, I honestly will not remember to take that every day. So that was a no. So birth control was out of it. Um, so the next thing, my fertility doctor, I went to my fertility doctor and I was like, look, I can't take metformin. I can't take the birth control. What can I do? And keto was next. Um, no. (laughs) Keto is great for ladies who are going through fertility treatments. Um, the research is there. Everything is great. But honestly, in my opinion, Um, if you are insulin resistant, when it comes to PCOS, there's two different kinds. Um, I'm not trying to be diabetic and with the keto, um, because how it works in my opinion and some research as well it can actually get you straight to being a diabetic and it can work against you. So yeah, you'll lose the weight, but I'm not trying to be sticking myself and poking myself every single day, um, other than the injections for my fertility treatment. So no, that was a no for me. Um, so yeah, (laughs) that was a no, but I started my vitamins, um, my doctor gave me all these vitamins to go and buy and I did and it worked out just fine, I felt better than ever, um, I was losing weight with these vitamins, they was actually, um, speeding up my metabolism and like really helping me to lose the weight, so... The vitamins worked. Um, I honestly took over 12 vitamins a day, including other medications that I had to take as well. So it really did work, but I will honestly tell you guys talk to your physician, talk to your doctor, do not just go and jump and you know, go on a bandwagon with all these different vitamins trying to get pregnant talk to someone because you don't want to take the wrong vitamin. You know, not every vitamin is for you. You may not need vitamin D. I needed vitamin D. My vitamin D level was low. My vitamin C level was low. My vitamin E level was low. Um, other things was low for me, but yours could be average. And you take these vitamins and it will throw you off and you can get extremely sick. So definitely talk to your healthcare provider before you, you know, jump on vitamins. But if you guys are interested in my vitamins that, you know, I was, pres- um, prescribed then I will drop them in the, um, section, the comment section of this podcast, but carrying on. Um, so we did that. We started, with the IVF um probably like a month of me starting some of my vitamins and um it was a long process um you go through certain um protocols depending on Your case, it's a case-by-case scenario. Every protocol is different. Um, It's hard. I got told so many times that, you know, I'm taking the easy way out. IVF is far from being the easy way out. I can't stress enough how depressing this process can be. If you're looking to get pregnant and going the natural route is not working for you, um, and you're advised to go through IVF, just know that it's not as easy as you may think it is. Um, you do go through stimming, and I believe I talked about this in my last um, segment. Um, stimming is basically stimulating your ovaries to produce more eggs so they can gather more at once. Um, my first round of IVF, they was only able to retrieve four eggs, and that was so depressing. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Only four eggs? Um, they'll tell you that, you know, all they need is one good egg. But they do try to get at least 20 eggs from you um, during the retrieval process because not all of your eggs are going to make it to the next step. So they want to try to get as many as possible so that way you don't have to keep going through it, you know, if you have to go through another round. Um, the second round that I did, um, my my vitamins were increased. Um, there were different vitamins that I was told to take. My medications were changed as well. Um, so my protocol changed completely. Uh, so my second round we retrieved 27 eggs. So that number 27 just was lingering around during my second round of IVF. And I pulled up the number 27 just to see what it meant. Um, I'm into numerology. I do believe in angel numbers. I do believe that, you know, I do believe in signs. Um, I do believe that, you know, your ancestors will try to reach out to you or your angels are trying to tell you something. So the number 27 meant trust um, and believing believe in yourself and, you know, whatever you manifest will come to life. So... But you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in what you're manifesting. So that's basically what the number 27 meant. Um, I just knew that that meant that this time it was going to work. And um, we went, we, we did the uh, fresh embryo transfer. You have options um, when you do IBF, you could do a fresh embryo transfer, which means that they're going to put the embryo inside of you within, um, three to six days. It depends on the schedule. Um, so we did a five day embryo and this embryo was fast. This embryo, uh, was like one of the best embryos that I've ever had. And it was like changing so fast. So our doctor just, you know, discussed with us that this could be a good thing or this could be a bad thing, but The odds were in our favor. So, okay, let's go for it. Uh, (laughs) We was really excited. Um, You do get to choose your embryo. You get to choose which one you're going to implant. Now, here's the difference between a fresh and a frozen embryo. Because a lot of people said this too. Oh, well, you know what you're having. You know if you're going to have a boy and a girl. And honestly, we don't know. If you're doing a fresh embryo transfer, They don't test it. They don't get to see if it's a boy or if it's a girl. Um, If you do a frozen embryo transfer, then you're able to test your embryos and you're able to um, find out if you're having a boy or a girl or if there's any um, issues with the embryo um, health-wise. But we decided not to do any of that. So we said whatever God blesses us with, we would be grateful with. Um, God forbid if our baby had any health issues, we would still love our child regardless and take care of our child. So that was our mindset. And that's still our mindset um, to this day. Now, we did the fresh embryo transfer. And you're supposed to wait two weeks before you take a pregnancy test. And, you know, of course, me... I was extra excited. So about through four days after I transfer, I took a pregnancy test and it came up negative. And I was in the bathroom, boohoo crying. <laughs> I was crying. I was like, oh my god, it didn't work. But Lord and behold, um, a week later I took one and it came up positive. It was a faint line, but it was there. Um, I was having some downs, um, nausea, cramping, and you're going to have cramping because it's just your embryo implanting into your uterus and all that good stuff. Um, so I was experiencing that, um, we went for an HCG test, which is basically a blood test to test your hormones, just to see at what level you're at. Um, every week, um, your HCG level should be a certain number. And they're saying every, I think it's every 24, 48 hours, your number should double up. So when I went for my test, we were at, five weeks pregnant? We were five weeks pregnant. Um, and my numbers started off at a 34. It's low, but it's viable, which means that you're still pregnant and it's good. My pregnancy tests are coming up positive, everything still. So I was told to monitor my pregnancy test and to continue my medication. They was not going to change anything. So we kept that up. Now, the only problem with this is one of our medications was not covered by insurance. It's called nupagen It's actually a medication that they use for cancer patients as well. And the only way that the insurance was going to cover is if I had cancer. I don't have cancer. I'm doing fertility treatment. So uh, that was $300. Yes, I said Three hundred dollars, you guys, a bottle, and you would think the bottle was huge, and it was gonna last us for days and days. Like no, the bottle was small, and it only lasts us for about three to four days. So every three to four days, we had to order another bottle. Yes, I said that. Um, so it was okay because we were gonna have our baby, and I was so excited. Um. So the next test we took, our, um, HCG levels had went back, had went up, it was 845, so we was excited, and they was like, okay, your numbers are rising, they're not doubling the way we want to, but it's okay. Now, they did other tests as well, um, and they found out that my thyroid, um, number was high, which was not a good sign, because it could mean that I was in risk of miscarrying so they put me on medication for my thyroid to help and my numbers went down for my thyroid so everybody was happy and excited and everything was looking good so went back for another blood test and my numbers went down it went down by two and my heart was broken but they said it's okay you know think positive thoughts still take your medication it's gonna be okay um so I continued and a couple days later I did another blood test and my numbers dropped even more um which was a sign that we were in the process of a miscarriage um I'm sorry cuz I'm trying not to cry um this was not our first miscarriage that we went through again in the beginning I said that we've been through this was our fifth miscarriage uh well fifth pregnancy uh baby loss um the first miscarriage that we had we were actually dating at the time and um we found out we were pregnant and you know at first I was a little scared and worried because we were not married we were not engaged at the time and my thought process was that I did not want it I did not want to be another baby mom and um I was really nervous about that and really scared Um, but my noun husband was excited about this and he was like, you know, I was going to marry you regardless, you know, we got this, it's going to be okay. So they eased my nerves a little bit, but we ended up miscarrying and, um, it was sad it was a sad moment but you know we said after we get married we'll try again and my husband was very comforting and a couple of months after that uh we had got engaged which was his plan anyway to get engaged around that time and we got married later on that year um well we we eloped and got married later on that year and then um our second miscarriage was when we had um had our big wedding on our one year anniversary. Um, we was actually pregnant. No one knew, uh, but our close friends knew that we were actually pregnant. And um, we literally a uh, month after our wedding, we had another miscarriage. So it was really depressing. And this was December 20th. So three days before my husband's birthday, five days before Christmas, and a week before my birthday, we had a miscarriage. So it was really depressed and really sad. Um, the next time we lost another child was actually during our IBF treatment, our first round, we actually transferred two embryos and we lost both of those embryos. And you know, even though, you know, we were not far ahead in that pregnancy, it's still a loss, you know. That was still our babies. The embryo is still a baby. Um, it was something that was between me and my husband. It was something that, you know, was a part of both of us. So we lost both of those embryos. Um, for whatever reason, my body did not accept it. And we just had to move on from that and then now this time. Um it really hurt. It really, really hurt me so much because I just knew this was it. Again, I kept seeing the number 27 everywhere. It was so crazy. I'm still seeing it. So I'm just like, okay, God, are you telling me to get myself together so that way next time it's going to work? Like, what are you saying? Like, why are you giving me this and then taking it away? What people don't really talk about is the mental and the emotional effects of infertility. People feel as though, okay, and I'm speaking just on me, um, because I have children already, people look at it as, you should be grateful for what you have. And don't get it twisted. I love my children, they are everything to me. But it's something about being married. I married a man with no children. I married a man who accepted and who loves my kids as if they came from him. Um, his family treats my kids as if they are part of the family biologically. Uh, they don't treat my children any different than they treat anybody else. His mother loves my children. Um, Um, she calls them her Gamby's, um, she loves them. They talk to her on their own. They'll text her. They'll call her on their own. Um, they have a bond, they have a relationship and I'm truly grateful for that. However, I would love to be the woman, the person, his wife, that gives my husband a child of his own. I would love for him to have a child that has his name, that, that will be able to pass down his family's legacy or his family heritage, who can carry his bloodline. Do that make sense? Like, that is something I would like to do for my husband. So we have that issue and it hurts because it feels as though I'm a failure, Like I feel as though I'm failing. The one thing that I should be able to do that I was so good to do in my 20s and now that I'm in my 30s, I'm having issues of doing. Again, my heart breaks for women who've never had a child of their own. My heart breaks for you. And I'm not saying that my pain is worse than yours. I'm not saying that at all because I can't imagine not having a child. At all. Um, but right now. My heart is breaking. Because. My husband is the one. Without any kids. And. I'm the reason why. And I want you to sit on that. And think about that. Just think about how you would feel. If there's something that your husband. Desires. And you can't do that for him. So with that mindset. at uh, This last. You know. Loss. You know. I was really upset, and my heart is still broken. Um, I asked my husband for a divorce, and he looked at me, and he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? What the hell you want to divorce me for? What did I do? And I'm like, you did nothing. You're amazing, and I love you. And it breaks my heart to even say this, but... I want you to be happy and I want you to have everything you desire. And he's just looking at me in confusion and I'm like, I know you want a child. I know you want a child of your own. And it's like, I can't do that for you. And this is not fair for you. This is not fair to you at all. And I feel bad about that. So I want to let you go so you can... Have a child with someone so you, you you can have what you want. And it was a very emotional conversation. Um, it was a very difficult conversation to have. Um, long story short, my husband refused to, to divorce me. He said, I'm not getting rid of him that easy and it's going to be okay. But in my heart, I, I'm hurting for him. If that makes sense to you. I, I'm i sad. I feel as though, what kind of wife am I? How can I have four kids by a guy who I never married? Number one. Number two, he treated me like trash. Um, Yeah, we were young. We were young. And, you know... I'm not even going to blame him for the way he treated me because at the end of the day, I allowed it. Um, I'm a big firm believer is people only do to you what you allow them to do. I allowed it because of one, my age, two, my maturity, and three, my emotional issues that I was having. Um, And my self-worth, I I didn't feel as though I had any self-worth. So I allow those things to happen. So with that being said you know how is this how is this so how can this be so i felt and i i still feel this way i just feel as though my husband deserves better i feel as though my husband should be able to experience life and be able to experience you know his partner pregnant his partner you know delivering a child um we've talked about having a surrogate and that's expensive I mean who in the real world living a normal life can afford a surrogate in 2021. It's not happening. And then on top of that, you know, I can't be selfish and ask my friends who have their own lives to live to stop what they're doing to have my baby. To me, that's selfish. Um, We currently have two embryos left. They're frozen. They're there. But I personally... I'm too scared to even try again. I'm too afraid to allow myself to get excited about having a baby again. Because how do I know that this is going to work? How do I know that this time everything is going to be different and my dreams are finally going to come true and that my husband's going to get everything that he desires and that we're going to be happy over this bundle of joy and this bundle of joy is going to be in my arms and I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to have to flush my bundle of joy down the toilet and cry looking at my child in a toilet. I mean, until you've ever lost a baby, you'll never know how that feels. You'll never know how that feels. I know a lot of people say, well, it's better to do it like this than to have a stillborn. And, you know, that could very well be true. I pray that I never have to experience that. And my heart breaks to women who have. Um, But... You have no closure. You have no closure. I literally had a miscarriage sitting on a toilet. Sitting on a toilet. And I literally had to get up and look at the clots and blood in the toilet. Or, you know, there was one time I literally (laughs) pulled my pants down to see... me miscarrying in my underwear there's no closure there there's no closure I feel as though that hurts so much to have to do that and to have to flush your child down the drain this is not prom night this is not something that I chose to have happen um I, brought, I was buying things for the baby, and I know people say, well, that was too early. No, it was not, because I chose to celebrate the life of my child. Whether I was one week, five weeks, six weeks, 20 weeks, I wanted to still celebrate the life of my child, because to me, that life still mattered. But instead, now, I have to return things. I have to pick the pieces back up. And now I'm at a point where I'm questioning myself and I'm questioning God. Like, why would you do this to me? Like, seriously, why would you give me something and then just take it away? What is wrong with me? Like, are you punishing me? Are you mad at me? That's what I'm saying to myself. That's what I'm saying to God right now. Until you had to go through this you can't tell someone how to feel you can't tell someone how to react you can't tell someone how to kill from it it's hard it's very hard even though I didn't feel the baby kick even though I didn't feel the baby move even though I don't have an utter sound picture of the baby I just have the baby as an embryo on a piece of paper it's still Something that was a part of me and my husband is still a child and it still hurts. Um, So, yeah, that's basically how I feel going through my fertility struggles. And this is how I feel, you know, as a wife and as a mom already to go through secondary infertility. I am a 32 year old woman who will be 33 this year. And my clock is ticking a little louder than most. Um, so it's like, what do I do? What can I do? What should I do? Those little questions I ask myself every single day. Um, I've learned to block out people. I've learned to just continue with life. Um, I'm learning every day to take it day by day. Um, Some days I cry, some days I laugh, some days I'm just stuck in bed like, what the hell am I doing? Um, This is my journey. So if you're going through infertility I want to hear your story. I want to hear how you're doing today. I also want you to know that you deserve to be happy. And whatever your happiness is, it may be different than mine's. You deserve it. And it's going to happen. Um, I know a lot of people who are not going through infertility issues will say in a heartbeat, why don't you just adopt? Do you guys know that adoption is more expensive than IVF? <laughs> like, seriously. And then you have to worry about that child having identity issues. I don't know how to deal with that. I, I'm having identity issues at this point. I can't deal with that as well. Um, I don't know if I could handle my child calling another woman mother or mom or whatever the case may be. I would want to tell the truth to my child. I wouldn't want to lie to them and, you know, create this whole story. I wouldn't want to do that. I would want to be honest from the beginning. But with me being honest from the beginning would mean that that child is going to have questions about who they are. And that means that they're going to want to know who their family is. So I would feel like I'm discredit as a parent which i know in reality that could sound selfish and you know whatever but that is why i'm not going down that route that is why that is not for me um again surrogate being finding the surrogate is even harder it's even harder and that can be messy so that is not an option for me as well i just feel like our next time has to be at Um, I do look to have a whole new protocol, um, whenever we try again, um, we did decide to take the rest of this year off from fertility treatments just because my body needs a break, my mind needs a break, and my emotional well-being needs a break. I need to heal from this mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I need a break. I'm so tired of obsessing about medication, obsessing about what I'm eating, what I can and what I cannot eat. I'm researching all the time. Um, People don't realize that infertility, once you know your diagnosis, You become obsessed with it. It takes over your life. You're trying every trick. You're trying every technique. You're trying every superstitious uh, quote. You you go to this person and that person. I even started going to people who do tarot cards. Just trying to get some information and just trying to see my exact date. And when I tell you everybody's all over the board, everybody's all over the board. I have not gotten three people on the same page nobody is on the same page I get every day every month of the year it's just horrible and I'm like wow I'm I'm gonna be pregnant a lot like this is crazy so it's, it's 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 crazy this is a crazy situation um and if you have to go through this I I am so sorry so I want to hear your fertility journey. Send me an email at sipthattea at gmail.com or um, send me a a message on Facebook at sipthattea. I really want to hear you guys' story. I want to know what you're going through. Um, I know there are some women that have been on this journey for 10 years. We've only been on this journey for about four and started with IVF this year. Well, last year, we just really started going through the whole process this year. But um, we inquired about it last year, started going through the test uh, last year. Um, we went to Shady Grove at first and then transferred to CNY and y Fertility Clinic in New York. Um, so, yes, I want to hear from you. Let's talk. Um, I wish you guys well, and thanks for join, joining me today on Sip That Tea. Um, as always, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you share, and again, feel free to reach out. Have a blessed day.